Welcome to the I Create Daily Podcast. I'm Leora Alderson. And I'm Devani Alderson. We're your co-hosts on this journey of creativity and productivity. I Create Daily is for artists in every genre of creating, from musicians to writers, crafters to inventors, bloggers to entrepreneurs. I Create Daily is a movement for creators serious about your art. If you're into creating anything, this podcast is definitely for you. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. Welcome to the I Create Daily podcast, a movement for creators serious about their art. I'm Leora. And I'm Devani. And today we're joined by Alex Stead, who's a professional wedding photographer in Canada. Um, Alex is... Alex photographs the world with a sense of joy, her images full of bright colors and lots of emotions. She lights up inside when she's able to capture photos that she knows will become treasured memories. What an awesome way to view your work. An awesome way to view your work and also fantastic photos on her site. Welcome, Alex. Thank you so much, guys. I'm happy to be here. Great. So you started out, how did, tell us how you got started as a professional photographer. Um... So I actually got started, I was about 14 or 15, so about 10 years ago now, um, I became really, really obsessed with photography in a way that, like, um, didn't seem normal at the time for, like, a young teenager. Um, I just super nerded out. Uh, Like, I wanted, you know, to learn everything I could about um, editing and taking pictures. Um, And so I just got really, really obsessed with photography. And um, about three years later, I decided that uh, I could probably make money off of it. Um, I was a really big fan of Tim Ferriss at the time, and I was reading the four-hour work week. Um, I said, hey, I could probably make money with this. Like, it's a cool hobby. Um, I know I've probably got enough skill to do it as a a career. Let's see where it goes. My initial plan was to just work, like, five to ten hours a week at it as a side job while I was going to university. Um, Eventually, I ended up leaving university, and now it's a full-time job for two people. So, <laughs> wow, wow, fantastic. Yeah. So, when you yeah. say leaving university, did you end early? Did you not, or did you go ahead and graduate? Um, I took a leave of absence for a couple of years. I'm actually heading back in January and scaling back a little bit just so I can finish my degree. Um, at the time, uh, I really wanted to grow my business and just see where I could take it. So, I decided to just kind of press pause on the university sure. scene for a little while. Absolutely. We're all for that. What, what do you want your degree to be in? Um, what it's is a business. Business and English. Business and English. Okay, so, so, so definitely the business will help you in your photography business. But you know, as we get into it, we'll learn more because so often people who get into a profession discover that you know you really have to evaluate whether you need to spend the extra money and take the extra time to go back to university versus continuing and pursuing your career. Right? Had you considered? Absolutely. That's something that I've struggled with a lot over the years, deciding, you know, whether I should go back, whether I shouldn't, and my mind seems to change on it a lot. Um, at this time in my life, it's not really very useful, um, but I keep going back to the idea that I, I love the idea of being just a highly educated woman, really. Um, and I know I'm, it's more of a matter of pride than a matter of usefulness, I think. Um, I know right now, this time in my life, um, like I don't have a family, I don't have children, if I want to pursue my education, now is the, the right time to do it. I've got this great window in my 20s to do that. So it's more taking care of future me yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> than really, you know, needing it right now, I think. But I definitely still struggle with it. And I, I'm interested to see, like, you know, when I'm in my 30s and 40s, looking back, and, well, was that a good decision or not to finish yeah. later? 
Yeah. Well, it's hard, you know, when you're in your 30s and 40s, while this may seem the opportune time, you can always go back. And, you know, our podcast oh. isn't on that subject, but it's like one of the things I'm passionate about because I see and I hear from so many of the mentors that we follow where they say, you know, if you are succeeding at earning a living in your business, and you, unless you want to work for somebody else, if you definitely want to become an employee working for somebody else, then you go for the degree. If you want yeah. to do your entrepreneurship and, and grow in that, then self-education, you can become a highly educated woman through self-education selectively. Absolutely. Oh, I 100% agree with that too. And um, yeah, the self-education I've done so far has been way more useful than the degree has ever been. There you go. There, there you go. go. Well, something to think about. Yeah, um, definitely. So in your business, you're a professional wedding photographer. What types of things? Are you just solely focused on weddings? Do you do any other type of photography? Or did you just decide this is my focus and this is how I'm going to pursue my photography career? How did that come about? How did you niche down to that? Um, so when I first started out, I shot just about everything that came my way, right? I was doing families. I was doing newborns. I was doing maternity. I was doing wedding. I was doing like commercial work. Um, really like anything that I could get hired for with my skill I was you know was trying out everything after a while I realized that I really liked the wedding work um, the most um, it's really fun the hours are good honestly like you're you're working weekends but you're not really working um, you know with other people on the weekdays you get like that time to yourself to work from home which is really nice for I'm kind of an introverted person so I like having that that time to myself every week um, I still do some commercial work as well um, I just don't talk about it a whole lot, so I, I get hired more through word of mouth. Cool. Yeah, I just really like weddings, and I, I like the opportunities I'm able to get through it. So. so when you say commercial work, would that be like um, a brand or product photography? Yeah, so just there's a lot to it. So commercial work is a fun kind of side project for me. I don't do a ton of it, but um, sometimes like magazines will hire me to do like a small piece. So have you guys ever heard of like uh, McLean's magazine? You guys have no. no. Okay, uh, Canadian magazine. They hired me a few months ago to follow a reporter around for a day and uh, photograph people he was interviewing. That was a really interesting day. Yeah. Just a great, uh, you know, day at exploring. So that kind of stuff happens. Or like Reader's Digest called me up a little while ago yeah. and they needed a portrait taken in Newfoundland. So I just took the portrait. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that is nice as a filler. I would say I'm, I'm probably 75% weddings and 25% just like other stuff. Other things. So, I mean, speaking of Newfoundland, because that is the part of Canada you're in, which yeah. is incredibly picturesque, you know, so, you know, so you have lots of opportunity to take um, like landscape, photo, you know, photogenic kind of things, picturesque kind of scenes and sell them as portraits, framed portraits, as cards or whatever, gift shops, because tourism is a thing there. Is that something you've ex explored? Um, not particularly. I do, um, I paint as well. And so I've sold my paintings in, in stores and stuff, just uh, kind of simple Newfoundland scenery and, and stuff. Awesome. Um, yeah, I have some landscape work that I have available, but I don't necessarily pursue that a whole lot right now. Okay. It's nice to, I mean kind of like the education concept, it's nice to have other options and horizons and possibilities, especially like if at some point you get tired of the weddings. Uh, I would think that an, a benefit of the weddings is you, you get to enjoy some good food as well. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, I keep uh, like a list of just other possible options. So if 
you know, there comes a time where this isn't what I want to do. I mean, I've got like probably 30 or 40 different options now. If I wanted to pour my time and effort into something else, I've got a long list of things that are options. That's awesome. Yeah, well, and that's a good point because options, sometimes too many options um, are to our detriment, you know, the, to the detriment of artists and creatives because we are idea people and have so many ideas and possibilities and opportunities. So there's a lot to be said for really niching down focusing and becoming well known for one category as you're doing, you know, with the weddings and you become automatically the go-to person, your name becomes synonymous with wedding photography in your area. So yeah, that, that's, I think that that would be definitely to your advantage. Yeah. And I love the idea of thinking big and I can say I have a lot of ideas that I could pursue. Of course it takes time and effort that you take away from your current business. So every now and then I'll, you know, I'll kind of cling to an idea and I'll, I'll take two or three months and flesh it out and make a plan for it, see if it works. Sometimes they take off and it becomes a successful kind of side project. Um, but it's always a balancing act, right? It's hard to have too many side projects because yeah. then you have no focus. Yeah. So I try to limit myself to, to two to three things at a time that I'm focusing on. Always right. my business number one, the weddings. And I've always got something happening in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, um... In the uh, sense it's I create daily, what do you do every day? How, what is some of the structure that you use in your business to sort of keep the business running and also for your own creativity? Uh, I, I know you mentioned you have those various side projects that can keep it fun and interesting, but what do you do on a daily basis that helps you kind of just stay prolific in your own business? Or learning something new. That's a great question. Um, I'm all about the self-advancement, so... Whenever I can, I'm always trying to, you know, take in programs or mentorships, um, classes, whether they're directly related to photography or business or not. Like um, a couple semesters ago, I did a dance class. And that was honestly one of the best creative endeavors I could have done. Like it, it made so many um, just new opportunities, I guess, in my brain. Like I was thinking a lot more about different ways that I could pose people and move people, you yeah. know, just by myself. So it doesn't necessarily need to be directly related to, you know, photography or business, but I try to do that. I'm always trying something new. Um, every day I write, I write something every day, whether it's poetry or just journals or short stories, or I'm working on films sometimes. Wow. I just, I take, it's, it's never a planned set time, but every day there's at least a half hour period where I'm writing. Fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, every day I, I edit, which is more just, you know, out of necessity. You have to edit your photos. But I find it very relaxing and very invigorating. It's one of my favorite processes. It's uh, very meditative, I find. And it's uh, just kind of a precise skill, I guess, where you're just kind of toggling buttons, making sure the colors look right, clarity is right, you know, there's no straight hairs. Um, but I find my editing time to be very, like, relaxing and meditative and just a nice daily practice that I look forward to, honestly. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. It's wonderful how disciplined you are, so mm -hmm. young, how focused on constantly creating. It's very inspiring. Do you, but are there times that you have to, that you don't? I mean, I think that where you are with it is that you recognize that to create daily does renew, renew you, inspire you, and motivate you, and uplift you. But do you have down days where you don't feel like doing anything? Oh, absolutely. And, and do you, like, do you go with that or do you push through anyway? How, what's your approach to that in general? Um, I heard a quote recently and I said, inspiration is for amateurs, professionals go to work. <laughs> yeah, you heard that recently. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of agree with that. Um, so my more creative projects, I usually do when I'm inspired or when I'm kind of in a mood for it. So when it comes to painting, 
I might go six or eight months without painting anything, but then I'll go three weeks where I'll paint 20 things in a row. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll just be on fire for it. Um, but there are certain things you just have to do every day and you have to stay disciplined to it. So it's, it's finding a mixture of both, right? So knowing when to let go for your own mental health, right? If you need yeah. down more than you need, you know, putting pressure on yourself time. Um, yeah, it's definitely a, a fine line that I still struggle with is, you know, being ambitious, being a sloth, being <laughs> <laughs> right? a long time, really needing downtime to just rest and read, yeah. um, you know, hang out in the hammock. <laughs> yeah. But then also, you know, getting to work, making sure I'm focused on my goals. So I set goals for myself, like monthly, you know, three months, six months, one year, where do I want to be? How am I going to get there? Um, and I'm not super hard on myself, but I don't meet them perfectly as long as I'm working yeah. yeah that's such a good point yeah because i think a lot of creatives they struggle with where they are now versus where they want to be and then create their own intense pressure around i'm not there yet and that's terrible that i'm not there yet because we also have that perfectionist gene inside of us it's like it needs to be perfect it needs to be there i need to be a year oh. ahead right now <laughs> and and so being able to just set those like incremental stages where you can say okay a month from now i'm not gonna be 12 months ahead a month from now and i might even need to take a step back <laughs> but I'm in that general direction and I know what's happening and so I can move forward. Yeah, so many people, there are many artists in the, our audience. Um, some of them are where you are and they're earning a living with their art or their craft. Um, and some of them are, are still working a job wondering if it's possible. So you're then I presume able to make a full-time living as a professional yeah. photographer, right? So what would you advise someone who hasn't yet taken the leap from the job job into freelancing, working for themselves, earning enough as a professional photographer, for instance, to, to make a go of it? Um, I think it's twofold. I think you need to really critically analyze your own work and think, you know, can I actually make money off this? Am I good enough? You know, I think a lot of people start too early. I was one of the people who started probably too early. Um, so looking at your own work and critically analyzing it, um, knowing that you're putting out work that is worth money, I guess, really. Yeah. Um, second thing is knowing business a little bit. You don't need to have, I don't think, a degree, but you need to know some basic marketing, some basic accounting. You need a little bit of every hat. If you're going to start your own business and work for yourself and make your own money, you need to know how to do the basics in just about every aspect of running a business for the first couple of years, usually. So you'll get to a point where you can hire those things out. But in the beginning, it's good to know where you are, especially with marketing, I think. That's probably one of the biggest skills you need with, your, with running a business that promotes your art. Yeah, the marketing aspect. So what, do you, what is your number one um, marketing avenue that helps, that gives you the most business? Um, I would say definitely social media. Um, we're, we're pretty big on uh, like Facebook and Instagram, um, you know, constantly promoting, you know, really utilizing Facebook ads has been big. Um, and also using like, Google and SEO. So we still get a ton of clients through Google who just find our website searching for who's money photographers. Yeah, you know? definitely. And if we hadn't learned early on how to set that up and utilize for our advantage, we'd be missing out on so many inquiries. Right. So many don't exist. Right. You know, the best in the world, but if no one knows you're out there, Absolutely. you're not going to 
money. You're not going to book any clients. Absolutely. So do you guys run ads on an ongoing basis or do you focus your Facebook ads, for instance, during the primary wedding seasons? Um, yeah, we push more during the, the high booking seasons, we'll say, which we just learned through our analytics. Um, what those are throughout the year. So for us, like around Christmas, around August, you know, it kind of fluctuates. Um, so we push more when we know there's a higher um, rate of booking, but we have ads going almost constantly at some level. Fantastic. And so are you guys tracking the return on investment, the ROI of those Facebook ads? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been so, so far pretty good. Um, compared to other ways of marketing, um, so for example, we did a, a big wedding trade show last year that cost us well over $2,000 and all was said and told, you know, by the time you bought products and you rented your booth. Um, so, and we didn't book a single wedding from it. Wow. <laughs> wow. And it was a lot of your time and a lot of energy. A lot, of, time, a lot of money, a lot of effort, a lot of planning and prep involved in it. Uh, whereas for $2,000 on Facebook ad spend, I mean, you're guaranteed you know, 20 to 50 inquiries. Yeah, and out yeah. of those, you're going to book at, you know, I would say at least two to five weddings. So you're trying your investment is much higher. Yes, mm -hmm. definitely. So the numbers are usually a lot higher. That's like lowest possible scenario kind of right, thing. So, right. Well, that makes yeah. sense. Do you target, so you target your local area or I would imagine people from your region, maybe even beyond travel to your area to get married because it's so photogenic. Is that true? Yeah, it's definitely a destination. Um, so with Facebook, I target mostly kind of the local area as well as areas where, um, I know most of our tourists come from. Yeah. So there are certain kind of pockets of places yeah. um, where Newfoundland is more popular. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'll target those areas. Um, but also Google is really good because you get people searching Newfoundland wedding photographers. So I find that's really good people coming to Newfoundland as a tourist to get married. Yeah. It's a, a surprisingly high destination wedding location. Very yeah. interesting. Good. That makes sense. Yeah. People get married like the national parks usually here. If they're coming from away. Those are great weddings. Usually really intimate, 10 to 20 people. You're hiking a cliff. You're going down waterfalls. Nice. Very nice. So do you do you do the photography for the whole wedding? It's oops, sorry for the whole wedding itself because on your website I see a lot of photos of like engagement photos or post wedding photos or uh, just the bride and groom. So do you do the whole ceremony too? Yeah. So we photograph the whole day from usually getting ready to the first few dances. Um, we definitely have a higher percentage of bride and groom photos on our website. Um, they tend to do best um, when people are kind of looking at the photos as they want to see. Um, but yeah, we generally photograph the whole day. Awesome. Yeah, we're there for um, between six to twelve hours usually, depending on how long the day goes. Some people have you know shorter days and some people have longer, you know, bigger mm. events. So. And do you have like sometimes the uh, bride and groom to be uh, come out and get photographs like before the day? I've seen we were uh, at a conference in Las Vegas and it seemed like that was the big thing. Like people were coming through all day long just to get their pre-wedding, to get their wedding photos so they wouldn't have to do it on the wedding day. Interesting. No, that's not really a trend here. Yeah, I wouldn't think so just because you have to get all dressed up and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I don't know what the deal is, but anyway, well, maybe they were having their wedding later in the day because, uh, but we saw a lot of them that were yeah. just coming to special scenes and settings. So, well, what you mentioned, like that you've, you started when you were 15 and how long have you been working, supporting yourself as a professional photographer? Uh, about eight years now. It's been wow. uh, my sole income. 
so yeah. so so like so when you were about from about 18 then 17 yeah, as soon as i kind of moved out of my parents house this was it i didn't have any other job after that fantastic wow. that's fantastic so yeah so you were clearly so focused so young and already like thinking about how to improve yourself, how to keep learning. Uh, you want to be an educated woman. So what or who has inspired you in your life to be so focused and driven in a positive way um, so far in your life? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I had a lot of strong women in my life. Both my grandparents and my mother were, both, were all um, just very, very driven people. Um, I'm so proud of my mom. She um, recently started going back to university as well, and we're doing the same degree, and we're kind of in like a race to who's going to finish first. <laughs> yeah. um, but she's awesome. She always really, really pushed me. My parents both really pushed me um, to be my own person and to kind of pursue what I wanted to in life, which has been fantastic. Um, but also in a way that was kind of like, you know what, like, we're here as a safety net if, we, if you need us, but we'd rather not. Like, you know, um, learn how to be self-sustaining as a person, as an adult. Uh, which I really appreciated. Um, this inspired me. Goodness. Um. Yeah, and, and set you apart because I'm sure you have friends who, um, who, who might would rather hang out than uh, attend an online seminar or take a course and develop themselves. Right? We all do. So it's like, how do you stay? driven mm -hmm. uh, toward progressing and ascending in your career path and development. Um, sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah, sorry. Um, so we all, you know, the, the, the quote from Jim Rohn about you become the average of the five people you spend the most time around. And right. many people in the online world find that the people that most um, aspire, inspire them to aspire and elevate them may or may not be in their immediate environment, you know, may not be in their immediate friend network, you know, as we make friendships all over the world. Now we find, you know, people who that we resonate with and who's, you know, who inspire us to do and be more. Um, so it's like, it, you know, if you, in your, in your pursuit, you know, it's like, were, were there any people in your immediate environment, any friends, you know, because that's kind of an unusual thing that you stayed so focused in that, in that way on your own. So, were you doing that just by yourself? Were you doing, were there any friends in your immediate group that, that helped pull you forward as well? Um, sure. There's one friend in particular who um, we were definitely not in the same career path, but we're both working artists. Um, and we both started as photographers together around the age of 14, 15. And we're still really good friends to this day. And we really pushed each other right from that very first beginning. Um, which has been really nice. It's been awesome to kind of, you know, have this relationship that's grown and changed over the years. Um, it's a lot of back and forth of, I'm doing this, what are you doing? You know, um, do you want to work on this project with me? Do you want to just write together? You know, like sometimes we'll just create Google Docs and we'll just, just flesh out a story and uh, as we're going, which is really cool. Nice. That's been a, a huge influence for me, for sure. Um, I really appreciate his friendship and being able to grow together into, I guess, who we are now and to whoever we're going to be in the future because you're always becoming right like you don't right. Mm -hmm. right so so who i am now is probably not who i'm going to be in 25 years or 50 years right um, yeah. but yeah it's good to have people around you who are pushing you for sure um that one friendship in, in particular has definitely been um i guess the most vital yeah growing as person yeah that makes sense so one of the things i was thinking about um 
a few minutes ago as you were talking about the wedding season and we we're talking about Facebook ads and wedding season, you have a shorter season there, you know, for, for outdoor photography, cause it's pretty cold up there, right? Yeah. Our season is pretty short and we jam pack it in. Um, so it becomes kind of a crazy way to live your life a little bit. So from, uh, June to about October is our season. And so it's not very, you know, it's about four months of the year where we have good weather. We have a lot of tourists in that time. We have, everybody wants their photos. Um, then I literally don't have a single session on the books for November. Right. <laughs> now, so I'm going from, I've got 10 weddings in October and about 15 engagement couple shoots and commercial shoots. Um, you know, out of the 31 days, I've got something on the go on probably like 28 of them. Right. Um, this month. So it's just a really, really busy time. But then, like I said, like in the next month, there's zero. Right. So it very abruptly stops. And then I will barely see anybody until next June when it comes to photographing people. I might do a handful of indoor photo shoots or um, a couple of winter weddings, but they're, they're kind of rare. So it's definitely a weird little life that you live where you're really, really crazy busy for four or five months of the year. You know, I barely see my friends during this period. Right. Um, you know, you're just working really, really hard and just really hustling but with the knowledge that you're going to have six or seven months um, to really just relax and pursue side projects and kind of do your own thing after that's done. So what do you do during the off season? Um, does the four months that you have booking sustain your off season? Like what, uh, what are you doing in the meantime? Do you um, pursue any of your side projects in terms of monetizing them or how does that work? Um, so I do something a little bit different every year. Every year I kind of take a side project and I focus on it and I just go all in. So this year it's going back to university, right? So this winter my big plan is just to go to university and just be a student again for, you know, four months um, from January to April. That's my big winter project this year. Okay. Um, last year I went to Europe for two months and um, worked over there for a little bit and just um, kind of pursued art and took a lot of pictures and explored a lot. Um, year before I did a big course um, and I painted and I started monetizing my paintings. Mm. Um, so every winter is a little bit different, um, but it's, it's really nice to have that time to, you know, like I said, pick a thing and just really focus on it and, and yeah. go for it. Yeah. yeah and I, I try to take care of my people too in that time because I don't get to see, you know, my friends and my family a whole lot in the summer. Then right. in the winter months it's like, okay, can I cook for you? Can I help out? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's you know, I, I, your kids. <laughs> yeah, nice. I, I would think it's a little tough for you personally, though, because what your busy season is also the nicest time to be out doing things yourself, right? And yet yeah. you're so busy, you know. So that's like the conflict there. But at the same time, I can appreciate, you know, that that widespread like you're talking about, where you know you're going to have almost like a quiet season to pursue your personal development. And I would think that if I were a photographer in that circumstance, I think I would do things like look at um the um the house sitters kind of sites where you know like there's house sitters international where you can find homes that need house sitters around the world where you can go and stay for free um and, you know in exchange for house sitting so that would be you know, like a way to travel inexpensively um there are you like to learn so there are conferences there are a lot more conferences in the fall and winter where these high-level people need photographers. And so we know of one, for instance, um, oh, what's his name? All of a sudden, I'm uh, Rochelle was working for him. 
Um, Michael Gubbins? Yeah, Michael Gubbins started out volunteering to be a photographer a photographer for high-level conferences like for Yannick Silver, for Tony Robbins, for free. And by offering to photo photograph the event for free, um, he got to be in the event, got to learn from the event, and made connections with the people at the same time. You know, so it's like another end by making those associations, it got him so much more work than, you know, than than he ever would have had if it if he hadn't done that as well as you know connections with really high level people so it seems like there are a lot of you've got some things like you say you do like you're going back to school and uh, it would seem like that there are so many opportunities it's just a matter of exploring different ones each year that you awesome. yeah that sounds really smart that's a good idea yeah so do you as a learner you mentioned that you're taking courses or reading books or whatever so what are are there any courses you're taking recently or books you're learning from that you'd like to share good question um i'm empowering through tools of titans for probably the third or fourth time now but wow congratulations i'll ever get over him uh it's just such a gold mine book that i really yeah. love reading back to over and over again um i did uh a class, I guess this is a couple years ago now, with Scott Oldford, who Devani knows as well. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, it was just, I think, called like a Facebook ads class. Um, and he, you know, at the time that he was teaching it, um, and that was like a 12-week program, learning how to kind of market yourself online, which was really interesting, and I learned a lot through that. Um, I'm trying to think now what I've been doing. Where I took this winter and went to Italy, it's been a little bit more, you know, just kind of doing online classes here and there, signing up for a few different little programs. Um, but nothing real big and overarching, I would say. Right. Just self-learning. The traveling is a big one in of itself, right? Going to a lot of art galleries, a lot of museums, learning Italian. <laughs> yeah, wow. Fantastic. Well, is there any, it sounds like you have it so much together. Are there any areas that you struggle with currently and could use help with or, or working to improve? Ah, that's a good question. Definitely. Um, I definitely struggle with finding balance between work and life, especially this time of year when it is really busy and you're looking ahead and you're knowing that it's going to slow down, um, but it's still hard kind of in the in-between, right? When you're, you're just trying to power through, um, but a little bit overworked probably and your mental health starts to suffer. And this is the point where you kind of fall into a pit. Yeah. Uh, to be, you know, I get anxious, I get a little bit depressed. This becomes this sort of, uh, yeah, just, just pit where it's hard to be creative and it's hard to, you know, find the inspiration and get up and do good work all the time. But you have to, of course, and you find it within you. Um, but it's very draining. So that's definitely one area where I struggle is just finding the balance between taking enough time for myself while making sure everything gets done that needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Do, you have, do you have any self-care tips that you implement either daily or weekly or every couple of weeks, whatever it is for you that just keeps you, you know, taking care of yourself while you're hammering out the four months of <laughs> intense schedule. Yeah. It keeps you safe. Um, really small, but really helpful this year was, um, I started getting my groceries delivered to my house. Yeah. So I started getting a grocery box with like the pre-planned meals in them with the ingredients. And it's been a lifesaver because I'm not a good cook and I hate planning. I hate grocery shopping. Like I just despise everything that comes with it. So I know that once a week I get everything delivered so I can take care of myself and make like healthy vegetarian meals has been like 
oh, it's just a dream. Like, it yeah. feels so luxurious to, like, yeah. open it up and we can be like, oh, I'm going to eat good. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, but that's, that, that is a huge thing. So that's a great tip because a lot of times, just like it's all the little things stacked together that can overwhelm us. Similarly, it's all the little things, positive things stacked together that can really make a difference. Yeah. And one and more thing, Lisa, just, oh, sorry about it, but getting away. So I find if I'm in my house, I have a home office. It's hard um, to take time away and to actually step away from the computer because there's always one more thing that you can be doing. So every six weeks or so, I just plan a really short getaway, you know, out of town for a night or two, whether it's like visiting my parents back home or booking like an Airbnb somewhere just outside the city. Um, it's been really useful just to kind of reset, right? You turn your phone off, you leave your computer at home and, you know, I'll just bring my camera for personal use instead of work use and I'll just kind of shut my brain off in a place where I don't feel compelled to find the keyboard. Yeah, that's just that reset. I should probably do it more often than like eight weeks, but <laughs> no, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And it's so inspiring that you have so much perspective, self-awareness and wisdom at such a young age. So definitely you're, you're, there's, there's no, there will be, will be no stopping you. Uh, you will definitely continue succeeding and excelling because you're, you, you've got it together. And, you know, like you said, those periods of imbalance, that's normal. Being aware of it and then doing something about it is where it's all about, what it's all about. Well, thanks, Laura. I appreciate that. Do you, um, with the success you've had and, you know, you've, you know, worked your 10,000 hours to becoming the expert in, in your field and all that, are you planning to... Um, teach photography do any courses on it um have you already done some of that is that at, of interest to you at all or are you more just like no i'd rather do my own thing and not pursue that um yes 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 <laughs> i want to do it i have been dabbling in it so i know i really want to take off big time in the next couple of years um i would love to teach full-time i would love for that just to be um like my sole project i have so much wow. And especially like my thing is, um, you know, empowering other women to become small business owners and to create their own income, whether it's a full income or something they can do on the side with small children. Um, I just think it's so important to pass on skills if you have them and you have the ability to teach. Um, You know, I think it's it's kind of uh, just goodwill and good karma, right, to pass that on. Um, And I really, really enjoy it. I love getting up in front of a small group and... um, just chatting and sharing what I know in whatever way that I can. I don't think I have it all together by any stretch. I mean, there are people who are better than me probably, but for sure there are people who are better than me who probably <laughs> could teach better than me. Um, but it doesn't mean that I don't have something to share either, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's kind of battling the anxiety of, oh, I'm not good enough, the people who are better, but also, hey, I have something to give to the world. Um, I've really got a passion and I really want to give it. So I need to work past that insecurity to get to that point where I can really take it to the next level and teach more. So last year I taught um, about a hundred people, I think. Awesome. Like, I think it was seven or eight small group class settings, which was really nice. Um, My goal for next year is to teach 500. Yeah, fantastic. And are you teaching those primarily then in person? You mentioned get up in front of them or online or both? Currently, it's just in person, but I definitely want to take it online in the near future. Yeah. So getting the 500 needs to be online. There's no way I can sustain yeah. it. Yeah. 
Definitely. Well, we'll, um, we'll include some links and share with you. I don't remember right offhand the name, but um, there's well, a couple things. One is one of our podcast mentors and favorite podcasters is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire. And yeah. Yeah. And so, and so John's big thing is, you know, he talks about the imposter syndrome, you know, other people talk Mm -hmm. about that as well. And that we all have that to some extent feel like, you know, we don't know enough because we know who we are. We know we're not like perfect. We're not, we don't know everything. You know, we have questions, we have doubts, you know, we have struggles. And so therefore we think that, you know, we, who are we to think that we could teach somebody else? And yet the reality is there's always someone ahead of us and there's always someone who's behind where we are currently, whom we can help. Um, and in fact, it's part of a, you know, if, if we're driven or drawn to teaching at all, then it becomes, like you said, you know, almost like a duty or a responsibility to share that, to empower others. But so that's the one thing that addressed your imposter syndrome concept that we can all relate to. And, and by the way, John is, um, you know, he has achieved a high level of success. And he says, basically, that never goes away. You know, there's always going to be that sense of, you know, there's still more that we can do to be better. Um, but the other side, let's see, what was I going to say? Oh. Um, there is one of his podcasts included an interview. Uh, either, it was either him or Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income that included yeah. an inter- interview with um, a lady who specialized or a team. It was, uh, I think, a guy and a lady partnership specialized in infant photography. And their site was like, and they taught courses on it. Another one was teaching courses on food photography. And she has an incredibly successful blog. And all of her food photography is just from her iPhone. And she actually teaches a course about that. So there's definitely a lot that you can do. And we will link to those podcasts as well as share those with you when we can pull up the links and remember who they who they are. But yeah, that's online is definitely, there's definitely a big market for that. And even, you know, Creative Live is a, is a great resource for... Yeah, I was actually, um, I went to a Creative Live class once in person. Yeah. Oh, wow. But was that like, was Chase Jarvis there in person in like New York? Where was it? Um, he wasn't there at the time. No, it was a Sue Bryce class. Okay. Fantastic. Exciting. So you'll be teaching on Creative Live one of these days soon. Yeah. That's right? That's right. That's right. And your own course as well. Yeah. Well, in closing, do you have any final advice uh, for people who are interested in pursuing their own thing or doing better at what they're already doing, pursuing? I think really just um, if you're passionate about something, if you're real nerdy into something, if you're really obsessive about something, tap into that because um, whatever you're really passionate about is what you can become really good at. Yeah. If you're for that, you can become the expert if you are just a super nerd at it. (laughs) That's great advice because – that's in fact we talk about that with like there are some creatives that follow in our audience and they talk about their goal we're having a hundred day creators challenge where you know every day the commitment is to create something but to first set the goal of what it is we want to accomplish during those hundred days and typically what happens is people end up kind of shifting their goals because just the process of identifying a singular goal a singular bigger goal and then implement uh, you know implementing smaller goals along the way to achieve that bigger goal helps people define and refine what that goal actually is. Um, And so some, the people that end up struggling a lot, a lot of times it is that maybe they're not as passionate about that thing after all, because Mm -hmm. if we have a hard time doing the art that we think we want to do, then, and we're, and we're not getting to it, we're procrastinating 
So then the question is, what is it we're doing when we're procrastinating? Mm -hmm. Because whatever we're doing when we're procrastinating, that might be the thing that, like you were saying, that we should look at pursuing. You know, even if it's social media, then maybe that tells us that we love people and they were an extrovert and we want to engage with people, in which case you can become a social media uh, expert and manage other people's social media, that kind of thing. Or you can become an influencer, a brand influencer, you know, and grow an audience. So there are, there are a lot of different opportunities. Just being aware of that is really important. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Well, um, before we say goodbye, where is the best place that people can connect with you and your work and see your incredible photos? Um, I'm most active on Instagram, which is just instagram.com slash alexstead. Um, I'm also at alexsteadphotos.com where I blog and post there. And on Facebook, um, just alexsted photography. Awesome. Well, we're going to have links for that for all you guys to check out and definitely check out her photos. They're incredible. You will want to go to her area of Canada because they're beautiful. And it was so awesome talking with you. You're such an inspiring person. Yes. Oh, you too. I'm so glad you guys have me. This is awesome. Great. Thanks, Alex. Bye. Bye. You guys have a great day. You too. Thanks so much for joining us for the I Create Daily podcast. Please let us know what creatives you would like us to interview and what topics you would be interested in hearing more about. And if you enjoyed this show, please leave a review on iTunes. We value your feedback. We read all the reviews and it just helps us get the word out on the I Create Daily podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.